Now it's Just Plane Radio. Yeah. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. I can fly. Take me to the Brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. It's your lucky day. Your aviation resource on the information super skyway. You got a plane. Call Just Plane Radio toll free now at 888-884-2FLY. And the sky's the limit. That's 888-884-2359. Sir? I'd like you to take the helm, please. I'd be glad to. Greg, your co-pilot, that's me, Aloha, Captain Keith, and Dennis rounding out the crew today as we navigate the latest aviation news and information here on Just Plane Radio. The show devoted to the aviation lifestyle and learning to fly. Now, uh, a lot of stuff going on this month, but the one thing that we're going to talk about now is really just in the nick of time because we haven't covered it uh, earlier in the month because September evidently is, uh, I don't know, flight check, pre-flight check, uh, maintenance day or what maintenance month according to the faa is that right dennis well actually it's more their um aviation safety topic of the month for the month of september was that's what uh, i said what, what is he what's he doing there keith I he just likes to make it you know his own that's i understood all. okay yeah. all right so so it's the topic of the month is doing making sure you're doing pre-flight pre-flight safety checks after you take your plane into maintenance right correct okay so I got it right as I thought. So this is an issue that he's always ev- right, isn't he, Dennis? <laughs> of course. Now this is Even an issue. When he's wrong. <laughs> Come on. This is an issue, though, that uh, a lot of aviators, a lot of pilots, uh, need to keep in mind, and that's what they're trying to drill home here: is that uh, the chances of having an issue with your air- aircraft usually is more likely to happen after you've had a bunch of maintenance done on the plane. Have you seen that in the past, Keith? I have seen that. You have seen that. Yes. Dennis, you've encountered this as well, right? Uh, yes, I have over the years. So they are trying to drill this point home to make sure that uh, this doesn't you know, happen to you where you, you you get some, like your overhaul done or your yearly maintenance thing done on your aircraft, and then you just figure it's brand new aircraft, it's ready to go. They want to remind you, hey, you need to look around and make sure they didn't leave a what a wrench in the wing, a rag in the a rag in the engine, a, a screwdriver, you know, somewhere maybe a, you know, did you were all the screws tightened up, things like that. So, it's worth it to you to talk to your mechanic and ask them, you know, what work was done, and look at the stuff they did. Did you have a tire changed? Um, you know, did you just go out through the airplane? Yep, the tire's on there. I'm going to go fly it. Well, maybe the mechanic isn't done yet, and he pulled the tire off, realized he had to order one put the tire back on, but didn't torque the bolts, didn't uh, safety wire the brakes and mm. was waiting for that to come in tomorrow. That would so, be good. No, no. Can you imagine the, the risk there? I can actually. I, like if they ever come to you and say, oh, here we have these leftover parts from your maintenance uh, overhaul. Options. Yeah. Call those. Those aren't options? just the wee parts. Those are, those are all options. Yes. Okay. All right. But, uh, okay. Specifically though, Dennis, has this ever happened to you? Have you seen something, uh, I, unfortunately I've, I have seen this over the years, um, you know, in rental fleets, in club airplanes, you know, we've gone out uh, to pre-flight an airplane and we found that, you know, somebody had left a rag, um, in the, by the oil door. Um, that might've been just one of our own pilots that it was wiping off the dipstick, but it's things like that. You need to check, you know, when was somebody last in there? Uh, Um, I had a personal experience many years ago where a friend of mine invited me to go out and fly. And we get to the airport. It's cold in Minnesota. The airplane didn't want to start, so we got to jump. Took off, and as soon as we put the gear up, uh, it got really dark in the cockpit. 
Turns out a mechanic had removed the battery to recharge it, didn't placard it, didn't tell anybody. We didn't know because we jump-started it. It was fine. Everything was going. We had power indications and took off. Hmm. So you need to be aware of what's going on. Talk to your mechanics. You know, if, if the mechanics are doing work on it, they should be tagging the airplane. Don't fly or, you know, battery removed, things like <laughs> yeah. that. Well, battery. You think uh, it's common sense, but you never know. Well, you wouldn't necessarily catch that on a pre-flight safety check. No, would you? not when it's not in the ba- you know in the back behind the rear seat in the tail cone and the doors. You know the hatch is locked back up because the airplane's sitting outside. Well, pre-flight uh, safety, you know, month probably wouldn't apply in this case, would it? I don't know. Well, well in in a lot of cases like that, no, you're not going to catch stuff like that unless mm-hmm. you're going to remove cowls or remove panels, things like that. Yeah. But you got to remember, especially if you bring your airplane in for an annual inspection, they're going to tear that airplane apart. They're going to open up all the inspection panels. They're going to remove the interior. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of stuff that they're going to be doing to the airplane, and it's very easy to, like you said, leave a wrench, leave a rag, Rags can be really dangerous. Well, I was going to say, when you mentioned uh, you found a rag and what, what, right inside the oil stick area? It was in the oil door, yep. They had just stuck it in there temporarily and forgot to take it out, you think? No, they could have used to wipe off the dipstick and right. then, you know, tighten the dipstick back down and forgot to take the rag out. Oh! Well, that rag can fall down. It's got a little bit of oil on it. It can fall down on the exhaust manifold, catch on fire. That would be bad. That would be bad. However, mm. it's probably not the worst case in the world. Um but, you know, you could also have um, a rag that gets left in a wing because they're checking the, the cables and pulleys. Yeah. And now that rag gets jammed in there and you no longer have flight control. Ooh, which would be so bad as well. Those things can be bad. Now, you're not going to go through and you're not going to un- undo all those panels. So there has to be some trust. Yeah. Right? Trust but verify. <laughs> But as much as you can, as much as you right. can, right? But you know the FAA doesn't want you necessarily going around and opening up every panel on the airplane either, right? Although you can as an aircraft owner. Well, if you're an aircraft owner, I guess it goes to who you hire to do your maintenance too, right? That's true, and sometimes you get what you pay for. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's you know part of what we have to do as pilots. We also have to um, do interviews. I think on who's going to do our maintenance. You know, what are your quality control? How do you figure out exactly what's been done? Well, what should you ask that potential mechanic that's going to do the overhaul? What should some of those, you got like a, you know, top three. How do you keep track of your tools? Do you have, uh, you know, racks for all your sockets so you make sure they go back? Do you have sets of tools with individual cutouts? You know, do you have a sign-in, sign-out board? What do you, what sort of things do you do to account for that? Just treat it like, you know, like the doctors would in surgery. Well, I've never asked my doctor that. No, Maybe you I would should. hope that they have a process in place to account. I for might have. Sponges. I might do, have a but syringe I have a very or good something. friend of mine who had things left inside of him I when he was hip. a surgeon or when he had surgery. So, you know, and that, so you're saying he should have had some kind of like a tool thing on the wall that you know if all the tools aren't there and outlined and in well, there. in this particular case, they left <laughs> some kind of sponge or. Ah, or a rag or something so like that, that inside of him, but that technique wouldn't yeah, even work. Wouldn't even work. But hmm. you know, what is the what is their quality control? Do they have somebody come behind the mechanic who's looking at it? Do they have somebody come behind and verify all the work that he's done? Yeah, and verify that there aren't any wrenches or rags or anything in. Well, now you got two. You got to hire two mechanics then. Well, that's true. Yeah. So I mean, a lot of the mechanic companies do that. I mean, you're with a flight school, so you have to have it to another level than even like a personal aircraft owner. I would take. Am I assuming correctly there, Keith? Well, I guess that depends on your on your uh, 
how much you value your safety. I mean, if, okay. if it's my own airplane, I'm going to do the same thing. You're going to do as much as you guys do at the flight school. Sure. But yeah. isn't it? it, it, it there's, well, no, there's no greater requirement for oh, us at the flight school. No. Oh, I would think there and, might And, you know, be. You, you look at somebody like Dennis, you know, if he's going to take his family in the airplane, he's Or me. Want, let me rephrase that. If, if <laughs> Dennis is going to take his in the family airplane. in the airplane, <laughs> then he wants to make and sure one that his parachute. family is going yeah. to be safe, then he's going to want to do the same type of checking to make sure that everything is 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 done got it so that interview should be you know maybe do you have any safeguards to make sure you're not leaving tools around like that was Dennis correct on that yes and then maybe do you have a a secondary backup with someone who comes and checks your work right signs off on it anything else so I mean even little things you know Dennis was talking about the tools but even rags yeah you know uh, a lot of maintenance shops will have uh, the mechanics check out rags and return Hmm. So you have to check out. You check out five rags. You got to bring five rags back. Interesting. So that they they're all accounted for. So that you know you're not leaving them in airplanes or uh, anywhere. It sounds else. like it's more of a common problem than I would have thought. If they have to actually number the rags too. Well, you have to understand that these they're all humans, and humans make mistakes. They get busy. They're trying to do things, trying to get things done. Right. But our mechanics, our aircraft mechanics, are supposed to be superhuman. Aren't they? Well, but again, they're still human. We yes. make mistakes. Mm. Yeah. So we have to work together as a team. And, you know, we're fortunate in the in the fact that our maintenance shop uh, works very, very well with us. We don't have our own maintenance shop, but, we, you know, we work with a local shop here. And, yeah. and they have a number of quality control things that they – so we've not had these issues. And you put that towards just hiring the right crew to Correct. back you up. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay. And Dennis, you have, so you need to find a better mechanic. Is that what you're telling me? Well, since I bought my own plane, yeah. uh, I've I've looked at a number of mechanics, and the one that I have that does my annual, um, I trust him. Uh, he's got two mechan, you know, he's got another mechanic that does the bulk of the work, and then he comes through and follows him up. Yeah. And on top of that, I come out there and, and you know occasionally check in or ask questions while they're doing things, so I understand what's going on. Because as you know, I do some of my own maintenance as well. Yes. You know, I'll do oil changes and check and clean spark plugs and things like that just because i want to understand what's going on and can talk better with those mechanics when the time comes well he drives his mechanic crazy but uh he knows dennis so he expects it this one is my guess am i right there keith you think well he should he should he owns a plane so he has license to be annoying if uh the need be all right there you go more coming up on just plane radio Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. 
Flightstudy.com. Whether you're a flight student, an experienced pilot, or simply an aviation enthusiast, there is a place for you as a member of the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association. Join AOPA to get the latest general aviation news, safety resources, and technical support you need to sharpen your skills and become a central part of the nation's vibrant general aviation community. Learn more about becoming a member at AOPA.org. That's AOPA.org. Be an explorer in the other two-thirds of your world. Be the buddy who takes the kids in the aquarium instead of just to it. Be adventurous. Be amazed. Be a diver. Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Hey, hold that door! Hold that door! What? Hold the door! Oh, what? I'm so sorry. That's my flight to Los Angeles. I'm, I'm so on sorry. That I just missed it. Look, I made the plane. I'm here. You were so close, but what? unfortunately, the door is locked and closed. You're not letting me on the plane? I know it's frustrating, but once the door closes, that's it. Federal regulations. Uh, I, I, please let, let me in here. It's so ridiculous. There's the plane right there. But really, it's as, as, as if the plane's not there. What? Are you a magician? No, but the door oh, there, is I locked. I see the plane. If you're doing a trick. It's not a good trick. It's such a shame. This is Just Plane Radio. Gregor Copilot, along with Captain Keith and Dennis, rounding out the crew as we navigate the latest aviation news and information here on the, uh, well, I guess, what is this, the last day of. Uh, National Safety Month, according to the FAA, for pre-flight maintenance checks. Did I get it right? Pre-flight after maintenance. Okay. Well, you maybe you want to do one before, too. I don't know. Do you? It's like not a, a bad idea to take pictures of your airplane and so forth before you bring it in. That's right. Shop. Get a before and after. I want it back looking like this or better. No fingerprints. Go. Better. Not, not looking like this. You want it looking better. Yeah. Because it's always going to work. Look better it should shouldn't it if your airplane comes back with a whole bunch of fingerprints all over it yeah you really want to get in there and start checking their work yeah because because if, what if they're they, just dirty they don't, folks or what do you well mean? if they don't have the courtesy to wipe all their greasy fingerprints off of your your paint and your interior yeah they probably don't really care about the work they're doing either oh okay well there's a little i mean nugget. that's that's my opinion I, I you know what that's a little common sense uh that i think everybody could take advantage of uh, you'd buy into that wouldn't you dennis they sure do. Okay. That's one of the first things I look at, you know, how do you care for my plane? Right on. All right. So that's one thing. Now, the other thing when you're doing this, uh, you, you got to take into account all the annual paperwork and stuff like that too, that you want the mechanic to kind of look at that, I guess. Right, Dennis? Well, ma- maintenance is certainly a lot more than just turning wrenches. Um, I think Keith will agree with me that a lot of times the amount of paperwork required is probably sometimes more than the actual work that you had done. Uh, you know, there's, there's a lot of things that have to be complied with on the airplane. You've got to update the maintenance logs when they do, um, you know, any work on there and they have to return the airplane to service. 
But as the owner, you're ultimately responsible for determining the airworthiness of the plane. If you're renting a plane, you you know, it's a lot of people falsely assume that the operator is going to give them an airplane that's fully legal and ready to go, but it's still up to you to verify that all of the inspections are complied with and the airworthiness directives. So when you bring your airplane into the shop, uh, there may be a repeated inspection that's needed for like the ignition switch or the fuel injection or things like that that have to be done like every 100 hours. If it's due in five hours, are you assuming that the mechanic is going to do that check for you early? Uh, It's really on you to tell that mechanic, this is what I want you to do and make sure it's complied with and keep records of that. Whether you do it with a spreadsheet or with your dispatching software like they have at the flight school, somehow you need to keep up on that and keep calendar reminders that uh, these things are coming due. Yeah, these guys have to be super organizational, which is totally opposite of what we see in the movies. That's a big That's a big point, though, because there are a number of maintenance shops, uh, especially if you get uh, the mobile maintenance guys. Yeah. They'll come out and they'll work on your airplane, and they're fairly inexpensive because they don't have the overhead that a shop does at an airport. But they're also not running the AD list and so forth, so they're going to do the normal inspection items, like for an annual inspection. Right. But part of that inspection is running the AD list. Well, they're going to look like those guys that I see in the movies. You know, they, they're wearing the overalls. They're covered in oil. They look kind of scruffy. They don't exactly, you know, uh, you know project confidence. confidence. Yeah, maybe. That's it. <laughs> yeah, but it, that is true. You, you, you have to have all those things taken care of. Now, as an aircraft owner... You should be, from the manufacturer, they should be sending you any ADs that come out, and the FAA should send you any ADs that come out. Yeah. But as we all know with our mail system, you it's may 50, not. It's 50-50? Yes. You might have spammed it out if you got it via email. Well, it'd actually be paper, wouldn't it? They'd yes. send that to you. Yeah. All right. But, you know, if you don't, if you just, ah, here's something else from you know, whoever, and you just throw it on a pile and you don't look at it, mm-hmm. it may be a mandatory AD, and now you've overlooked it. And it says that it has to be complied with by the next inspection. So you expect your mechanic to know this stuff. Right. To be your backup. But it, it, ultimately, it falls on you. Right. Because, you know, you got to remember, too, that the maintenance guys typically work on multiple brands of aircraft. They don't typically just work on just one aircraft. Mm-hmm. And so in each aircraft, even like for us, we fly the Cessna 172. Right. There's different models of the 172. The ADs are associated with different models, and they're associated with different serial numbers. Even of the same model, the association is with different serial numbers. So you have to run it and see if your serial number falls into that AD. Right. So you just pull that up on the Internet, right? Run a report, and you're good to go? Well, most of the maintenance shops have a a service that they subscribe to Yeah. that will pull all that out for them. Uh, It'll be kind of difficult for you to find uh, I mean, you can find it, but it'll be a little bit more difficult for you to find it on your own. Okay. So, and, and one way you as the airplane owner can help those mechanics is by having a detailed list of your airplane because they can run the AD check, but in a Cessna 172, what model and en- um, engine do you have? What starter do you have? What magneto? All of those things can have ADs against them and it would save them a lot of time, which means save you a lot of money. If you can give them a list of the serial numbers and the part numbers and keep track of that stuff, um, it'll certainly uh, make it a lot easier for them, and they'll be a lot happier. How many items are we talking about, say, for instance, on your Mooney 201, Dennis? 
I think I've got a list of about 25 major items that they, they check for, you know, the starter has its own serial number, the engine itself, like I mentioned, the magnetos, the fuel injection system, all of those things potentially could have, uh, or have had airworthiness directives against them that have been complied with. And so we keep track of that. So if something does change when they run an AD check, um, you know, he can just instantly look at the list and say, okay, yep, this was complied with this, the serial number it doesn't apply mm-hmm. all of that. And so it saves them a lot of time. Otherwise they could spend five, six hours just going through the paperwork. Well, have they ever said to you like, Hey, this is a very complete list. Thank you, Dennis. We're going to knock off 500 bucks on your maintenance. No, that never oh, happens. Didn't but, happen. uh, <laughs> it, you know, the first time that mechanic did go through my airplane, it cost me, you know, five hours of his time. And the two of us developed a list so that we don't have to do it again. Mm-hmm. So hopefully it'll pay off maybe next time is what you're saying. As long perhaps. as he keeps up with it. So if new ADs come out, if he just automatically adds it to the list, then, you know, he won't have to, you know, keep digging and digging. This sounds like there should be an app for this. There's, is there not? Uh, actually, funny, funny thing you mentioned it. Uh, I went to the AOPA event down in Tullahoma here a couple of weeks ago and ran into some uh, guys that are developing an app like that called CoFlight. Mm-hmm. C-O-F-L-Y-T. And they are developing this for shared ownership to be able to track that. But uh, the FBO, I think you guys have some sort of tracking software built into your dispatch. Uh, you know, AD Check is available as a subscription that your A&P can subscribe to and keep all those records for your particular tail number. So there's there's lots of tools out there. And heck, there's still no no beating a, a spreadsheet on Google Drive. You know, well, that'll there you work go. everywhere. Go old school, uh, as Dennis sounds like he has done. All right, we got more coming up on Just Plain Radio. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Up around the stratosphere at 31,000 feet. I'm gonna fly on out of here on wings that you can't see. If you're gonna fly high without fear, you're gonna have to learn to love the atmosphere, and you gotta learn to use those wings you can't see. This is Just Plane Radio, Greg, your co pilot, Captain Dennis, and Keith rounding out the crew. All right, so we got some aviation news to share with you. You know, flights are diverted, they're canceled all the time. But uh, a recent flight in Ireland, I guess. Is that right, Dennis? Uh, That was actually a Condor Airlines flight from Frankfurt, Germany, heading over to Cancun for some vacation in the sun. Okay. Uh, Had to divert into Ireland. Oh, that's what it was. All right. So would someone want a beer? (laughs) They wanted to go go to the origins (laughs) of such uh, concoctions or what happened? No, apparently the uh, one of the pilots uh, didn't have a lid on his cup of coffee and inadvertently spilled it into the panel of the airplane, causing the uh, the radio and intercom switches to short out and smoke in the cockpit and made oh, it uh, very challenging them for the communicate with air traffic control. Wow! Oops. Now did he did he make an announcement to the cabin and said, "Hey, we're diverting to Ireland." However, uh, the reason is because I spilled my coffee. I'm guessing that announcement I, never happened. I'm guessing it didn't because he probably could have blamed it on the fact that he had just fried his entire audio panel up front and probably couldn't make that announcement. Well, okay, that'd make it even more fun and interesting. Because yeah, at that point, he could have just walked back and told everybody verbally. Right, Keith? Yeah, that'd be the, the true walk of shame. Yeah. Uh, they they would have communicated with the flight, flight attendants if they couldn't make the announcement themselves. 
And the flight attendants would have told them, or would right. they make uh, made up a better story? No, they would have just told them that they were diverting. Okay. They wouldn't tell them they spilled his coffee. Probably not. They would just tell them there's a problem with the airplane, so they're diverting. Uh, so you think this guy was fired? I that, doubt, no, I it has to be a, one of the dopiest things ever happened to a pilot, wouldn't you think? Well, uh, you know, I personally have not done this, but it's very easy to do. Sure. You know, you've got that center console that you have to climb over in order to get into your seat yeah. when you're sitting in an airliner. Uh-huh. And so it's very easy to, to spill on that, and that's where all your radios are at. And so typically you want to keep your cup over on the on the side, either the right side or the left side, depending on which side you're sitting on. But there, isn't there like a no drinking rule? or that no. that Really? That only applies to booze, huh? I thought yes. it applied to everything. No. Nope. you got to okay. keep drinking or you'll get dehydrated up there. Well, that's true. Okay. And, and maybe he just wanted an Irish coffee. Well, who doesn't? Come on. Or coming up. Stay close. Just Plain Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Listen up. You want to hit back? We're going to have to wingsuit in. It's the only way to get close. I can't promise anyone a ride home, but if you're with me, the world needs you now. But I can fly. This is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me, along with Captain Keith and Dennis, rounding out the crew. All right, so just so we uh, get the record straight, I did call it on the uh, Bachelorette. Uh, Peter, the aviator, who was uh, voted out as like the final three uh, bachelors to, uh, what's her name? Ra- Rachel? No. What was uh, the Bachelorette's name, Dennis? Come on, help who me cares? out here. That, that wasn't it. Oh, but Sorry. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. She picked someone else, which I, I thought for sure she was going to p- pick uh, Peter the pilot, and uh, he got he got uh, sent home. Uh, but sure enough, I did call it after I said hey, she sent him home, but he's going to be the next next uh, bachelor. I, I I called this a few weeks ago, and sure enough, it was announced this week that uh, indeed Peter the pilot is the new bachelor, and uh, we got that coming up in a few weeks. So now you got a reason to watch TV, Keith. A fellow aviator uh, needs our support to find the woman of his dreams. Well, he doesn't need TV for that. He's what? an aviator. He can find that anywhere. Well, yeah, but he, he has to pick from like 25 uh, uh, ladies. Just go to the, any bar and put your pilot's uniform on. There you go. What are you saying? You, uh, you, you don't, you don't you have saying? to have uh, the TV show just to get you 25 women to come talk to you. So you, any you pilot don't even has... need a uniform. Well, well, you know how you know they're a pilot, right? They'll tell you. Well, of course, of course. But uh, some of us will. Boy, you wouldn't do that. I typically don't. Well, not now. You don't need to. I used to tell everybody I was a heavy equipment operator. Even when you were a pilot and you were single, you didn't let people on to know that you were a pilot. No, I told them I was a heavy equipment operator. That that's pretty lame. Why wouldn't you? He's not wrong. It's it, well uh, exactly, but it's not as impressive. I didn't, I didn't want to lie to him. What are you? You're a pilot. That's not lying. No, 
So why would you not want to tell them the truth? I think that would play to your advantage. It could be. make you a chick magnet, I'm guessing. Especially back in the day when you probably needed it. Like back in the day when I had hair? <laughs> yes, exactly. Or, well, I don't know. Yeah, no. Maybe. But anyway, Peter uh, is a pilot, and uh, I wish him the best in his search for love. And why not? Go do it on TV. Hopefully he'll represent uh, well our community. He he did really well in The Bachelorette. Yeah. I only watch it because my wife and daughter made me, just so we're yeah, clear. Sure. But I felt it was important to point it out since I say, hey, there's a, you know one of ours. we got to give him our support. Yeah, I'm more of a stay out of the limelight kind of guy. Okay, but you don't blame Peter for wanting to to work that angle. If he's going to represent our aviation community. Depends on how he represents us. Well, as a pilot in command of 25 single women. God bless him. Well, that's a pretty typical pilot scenario of a lot of people about pilots so that that may be uh he's gonna be right in line with what both most uh aviators you know well want to be in yes (laughs) well we'll see how it uh, unfolds but uh, hopefully he'll he won't make us look totally bad you know no i think he seems like a pretty outstanding guy wasn't there what about a pilot trying to get you ladies he had a lady like in every port or something I, I've heard these stories. Somebody uh, told me about that movie. I, of course, I don't watch movies, so. It sounds like it could have been on something. Yeah. Yeah, I, I would buy that. All right, so we got some other uh, news that we got to delve through other than The Bachelor, even though that's probably the biggest aviation news out this week. Let's be real. Uh, and, and that would in, uh, entail what, Dennis? What do we got on the agenda? Well, because I know how much you love drones, yeah. and uh, I love well, it when there's there. these <laughs> over-the-top stories. But there's a gentleman that uh, was uh, is uh, was arrested in uh, Pennsylvania for using a drone to drop explosives on his ex-girlfriend's property. Wow. Now, there's now, the proper use of a drone. <laughs> well, not according to the FAA. Oh, uh, well. They still kind of frown on that. But the, this guy was dropping uh, payloads of nails into the driveway. He was dropping homemade explosives in the backyard. Hmm. Fortunately, they didn't actually detonate. But, uh, yeah. Uh, now, if you would have went to something more traditional or a little less abrasive, like a, a brown bag full of dog dew. Still can't drop anything from an aircraft. Oh. And the FAA well, considers without undo, a drone. I'm going to have to change my Halloween plans. Daggone it. Yeah, the flaming bag of poo from your uh, drone into the neighbor's doorsteps probably still verboten. Yeah. And see, I knew I could have pulled this off and got away scot-free. But totally this guy's kind of my hero in some ways, though. I mean, after the pro- you know the police came in to investigate him, you know, they go and uh, you know searched his car, and here he's got switches and set up in his car to deploy ball bearings, oil slicks, and nails. This guy's like a <laughs> wannabe James Bond. Awesome! <laughs> Finally, a good reason for a drone. You know, they're, they're so fun to play with. It's just one of them things. Like, what are you going to do with this technology? And then leave yeah, it. I'm going to go drop some nails on the ex girlfriend's driveway and hopefully You got to wonder why she got rid of that guy. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can't understand either, considering he wasn't allowed to have any uh, guns because of uh, previous domestic violence orders. So go hmm. figure. Okay. Hmm. All Sounds right. like he was quite stable. So we we appreciate he, he his effort. Didn't need guns. <laughs> yeah. And he followed the order. He's very creative. Got to say. Uh, but did he get jail time for this, or is he okay? Uh, I think they're still prosecuting the case. It's still pretty new. But, yeah, I'm pretty sure he's off the street at this point. Mm, okay. Well, there's that. 
All right, then we have another story about uh, aircraft parts, in particular what, Keith? And since we were talking about maintenance a little bit earlier. Yeah. Um, civil penalty of $514,000. Wow, over a half mil. Over a half a million dollars. For what? For falsifying documents that uh, this company manufactured ball bearings that were used in generators, and they falsified the documentation that these were airworthy. Now, hold on. Wait, ball bearings, little metal balls. Yes. And they were not airworthy. Why? Because any part that is made, if it's going to be used in an airplane, has to go through an FAA certification process. Mm-hmm. And so what they did was they just manufactured the paperwork that said they did, that they were FAA approved. Yeah. Instead of going through the actual FAA process. So let me get this straight. If you make these uh, metal balls, you got to send them to the FAA to get approved. And if if you don't, well, they're you're, supposed to be manufactured at a plant that is FAA approved, and they have an FAA approved procedure for making them. They're metal balls. How much? Yeah, it's all ball bearings these days. Yes. So what's the I difference, guess. right? Yeah. I mean, hmm. for example, we used to have an airplane in our fleet that used a voltage regulator off of a Ford Taurus. Okay. It was the exact same part number. You could go to AutoZone or you can go to Ford. You can get this exact same voltage regulator. Yeah. And it was $23 for a Ford Taurus. $78 as soon as you want to put it on an airplane. Because, because it has to have that, that little yellow little tag sticker. that says it's FAA approved. Those stickers are very expensive. They are. So it's a scam is what you're telling me. I would, I would say it's uh, covering the cost of the paperwork yes. necessary to satisfy the FAA, unfortunately. Yeah. Well, that's crazy uh, yeah. as far as yeah, it shouldn't be. That's why I'm a little confused on the ball bearing thing. I mean, how what, what goes into making a ball bearing airworthy from a technical standpoint? It's metal. It's a round bowl, ball, you know. Traceability Ultimately, it comes down to traceability. What what material was used to to make it? Metal. Hello, it's made out of metal. Look at the thing. What I pulled it off was my it desk. I swing it on some uh, fishing line, and it snaps back and forth, and it chick 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 chick. But again, what? Greg, you might be flying in that airplane with me. Not likely, but you might. And do you want to make sure that the uh, parts are turning the way they're supposed to and work reliably? Well. The FAA has said if you make the part and it meets the airworthiness standards, uh, then then we know it's safe. I know, but it's a metal ball, Dennis. I go back to it's a metal ball. What what, what do you think it's going to do? Like disintegrate or something? Yes. Because it's made out of not if metal? it's not properly <laughs> heat treated and it, it, it may not have the strength and to be able to survive the number of hours it should before it has to be replaced. Hmm. So Maybe. now all of a sudden your alternator seizes up, which uh, snaps your drive belt on the plane, and now you don't have uh, power, and you're in the clouds, and your radios are dying. Well, yeah, not great. It, true. Yeah, that's true. <clears throat> See, I, I, my standards for balls are not as high as yours. And I don't know. fly a Cirrus, so I can't pull early and pull off, and, you know, so we gotta, we have to get down below the clouds and find a place to touch down. Careful, okay. this is a family show. Well, no, it's not really. Went down that road a long time ago. But anyway. I was implying the Cirrus that has the parachute. You pull the parachute early and often. Yeah. Don't wait. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You got to make sure it works. You know, right. I don't think it's accurate. Sounds like a question for the FAA. They'll set you straight. Make sure you get your paperwork done so you have the proper balls in your plane. You know what I'm saying. On that note. We're just going to leave that. <laughs> <laughs> More coming up.
Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Be an explorer in the other two-thirds of your world. Be the buddy who takes the kids in the aquarium instead of just to it. Be adventurous. Be amazed. Be a diver. For nearly 75 years, the Aircraft Owners and Pilots Association has been a beacon for those who cherish the freedom to fly. AOPA protects your rights as a pilot by fighting airspace restrictions, fuel taxes, user fees, airport closings, and other issues that threaten your ability to take to the sky. AOPA is on the front lines every day to ensure that general aviation and the interests of its members are promoted and safeguarded. Learn more about how you can become a member at AOPA.org. Imagine traveling twice as fast as you can drive. Imagine taking friends and family snorkeling, surfing, skiing, shopping, and more to exotic destinations. Imagine attending business meetings in cities far away and still making it home at night. Or just imagine exploring the wild blue yonder. Quit dreaming about it and get to it. There has never been a better time to become a private pilot. And flight training professionals in Orlando will show you how. Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is your full-service flight school. A state-of-the-art flight simulator, a fleet of the latest Cessna aircraft, and a staff of full-time seasoned flight instructors are just a few of the many reasons Flight Training Professionals in Orlando is the place to start your aviation adventure. Call 407-896-0077. That's 407-896-0077. Or go to ftpros.com. That's ftpros.com. Takeoff with Just Plane Radio, the show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Where are we? Are we in LA? No, we're in North Dakota, and only those passengers deemed fit to fly will go on to Los Angeles. You're not one of them. Wanna fly, fly, fly on Can I vibe, vibe, this is Just Plane Radio. Greg, your co-pilot. That's me, along with Captain Keith and Dennis, rounding out the crew as we navigate the latest aviation news and information. All right, so uh, there's an air show coming out in uh, in November, and you can get free tickets. How, Dennis? What's the story? Yeah, the Florida International Air Show in Punta Gorda, Florida, is going to be giving away tickets to kindergarten through fifth graders. Okay. And That's all nice. they have to do is read an aviation-themed book. Hmm. And that would include, so like, uh, Disney planes well, or what? I, I would say that would count. Or okay. maybe, you know, Top Gun. You know, I'm sure that they've got a novel version of it. Mm. But uh, it's great because all they need to do, the parents have to fill out the form and get it submitted to the student's teacher. Um, and it, will, it must include a little short summary of what they read. And uh, they'll be uh, getting two free tickets for the Florida International Air Show, November 1st through the 3rd. So they can get one for themselves and for their parent to take them there. Well, it's for the kids. Yeah, at least the kids are free. Mom and dad still have to buy a ticket. Oh, okay, gotcha. They, they should make the parents read, too. It probably would be a good effort. But I guess they got to make a few bucks. All right, we got another story, however, about uh, 
This is the Air Force, right? Correct. And so they put out a new directive or a new rule to apply to pregnant aviators. And and what does this mean exactly there, uh, uh, Keith? I don't know. Do you know? Do you know this story? What is this? Well, they're they're relaxing their tolerances a little bit on on pregnant women that are in the Air Force, and instead of just cutting them off, and you know when they're pregnant, they're saying, "Hey, we'll work with you. You know, you stay in close contact with your obstetrician as long as they say you're good to." Continue working. We'll work with you a little so bit. So the rule before was once you let them know that, hey, I'm pregnant, you're done? I, to be honest you're with you. are grounded. That, yeah, yep. I, don't, I don't know exactly what the rule was, but, you know, I, I know like years ago when my wife was first pregnant, mm-hmm. uh, she was a flight attendant. And as soon as you're done with your second trimester, done. That was the rule. You couldn't fly. Hmm. So they've changed that now a little bit. Yeah. And uh, so, so they're relaxing. It sounds like a, a special bit. issuance right. for uh, the Air Force. If you if you get pregnant, okay, well that's yeah. good to know. Working with the ladies that are serving our country, right? As we should, we don't want them to, you know, limit protecting our uh, freedoms if if they they feel they're still mm-hmm. up for it. I guess, and the doc says it's okay too. So I guess right. that's a good move, right? Okay. okay. Well, you know, we'd be amiss if we didn't mention uh, a very big news story before we wrap things up today uh, about Draco, that uh, stall aircraft. It's won all the awards and all the competitions across the country and the world, for that matter, for having the the least amount of space needed to take off and land. This guy could almost, like, hover in space. Remarkable. He crashed his plane this last week. And uh, I know you saw the video. I've seen it. Uh, what, what were your initial thoughts on this, Dennis? What do you think? <laughs> Why didn't he take off sideways? <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I, I think that's what he's thinking now. The tail dragger. <laughs> you know, the, the nice thing about it, uh, you know, as is, is painful as it is to see his aircraft and see how choked up he was about it. He, he actually put out this YouTube video right after the crash and, and explained what happened. And, and he was kind of like, you know, go oh, stupid me. I want everybody to learn from my mistake. I, I got too complacent. I shouldn't have done this. I knew better. I did it anyway. Please don't make this mistake. He really put himself out there and I, you got to give him credit uh, from that standpoint. To, to I have a lot to, of respect for Mike Patey after doing that. I mean, he could have tried to blame it on the winds and everything else, but ultimately it was his decision to take off. He said, you know, he should have taken off diagonally across the runway, but didn't want to ask the tower. And it's like, you know what? You're the pilot in command. It's your, you know how to operate your airplane safely. Yeah. And considering that Draco can take off so short, why did he just didn't go take off across the width of the runway? He probably would have had room to spare. Right. He doesn't even need a runway with that aircraft. Not with a 40 knot wind. Yeah, it's insane what this uh, aircraft could do. But, man, when you see the picture of the aircraft, I mean, it just looks like a ball of metal. I mean, it was just crumpled up really small, didn't you think? It looked like a mess. Well, and the fact that all three of them walked away from that basically unscathed uh, was like just a miracle. Yeah, it is. But, you know, I'm sure he'll rebuild this and come out with Draco, too. I'm just guessing. He's too popular of a... You know, of a pilot uh, and has kind of like owned this niche of short field takeoff and landings for some time, right? Well, that and Draco was just such a um, distinctive airplane. I mean, it was probably one of the most recognizable general aviation airplanes out there and has generated so much interest in GA and interest in stole flying in general. Mm-hmm. I mean, since since Draco came on the field, what are we seeing now at, at Reno? They're having stole drags. 
at the last uh, AOPA fly-in, they did a stole demonstration where that you know everybody's doing short takeoffs and landings. It's cool. It, it, everybody could get up and close and personal and see these things as opposed to an aerobatics routine where you have to be so far back. So I think it made aviation much more approachable and accessible. And, and you know, I'm sorry to see Draco, you know, in that state, but let's hope that uh, there'll be a successor. Yes. Well, well there'll be know. lessons learned from it as well. Well, I think that's why he did that video. And, you know, once again, you can find it on YouTube right now. It's on AOPA Live. I know they did a thing on it with them and. And, uh, uh, you know, it's impressive once again, that he put himself out there and just say, hey, look, I made a big bonehead mistake as more, I'm paraphrasing here. I don't think he used that term, but you know, learn, don't, don't do what I did. You know, kind of like what I do on just plain radio. Use me as an example of what not to do. If you want to get your pilot's we license. Do. Yeah. Thank you. So I feel like I'm giving back in that sense <laughs> and, uh, on a little smaller scale than Draco. But uh, I, I agree. I think it is one of the most, uh, one of the coolest things to see when you're at an air show, when they're doing these short field takeoff and landings, when you actually see an aircraft, you know, flying into a, even a 20 knot wind and almost like stationary, like it's hovering like a helicopter. That is freaky. It's like, wait, aircraft aren't supposed to do that. And it's pretty neat to see, I think, and witness that firsthand. Would you be you with me on this, Keith? Yes, although I've had airplanes flying backwards, too. So on purpose or yes. no? Just for your own amusement? Yes. Okay, well, I'd like to see that because I'd be amused, too. And on that note, we'll wrap it up. <laughs> Till next time, remember, there's no better high than learning, than learning, to, learning fly. to fly. Just Plane Radio is brought to you by JustPlaneRadio.com. I say we take off and nuke the entire site from Morbid. Your aviation resource on the Information Super Skyway. It's the only way to be sure. Just Plane Radio is a production of Overboard Entertainment Incorporated. But just plain wrong. Remember, you can listen live or to archives of past shows worldwide over the internet at JustPlaneRadio.com. I'm going to leave my people up to the radio tower. So tell a friend and take off every week with Just Plane Radio. And I'm going to make a call. The show devoted exclusively to flying and the aviation lifestyle. Listen up, everybody. I news. The opinions you just heard on Just Plane Radio are those of the hosts, callers, and guests. We are screwed. They are not necessarily those of any station or network, its management, or advertisers. A little too far. Cross the line. There are many factors to consider before learning to fly. What is your problem? So make sure you do your own research and get the proper instruction before your exploration into aviation. Thank you very much, sir. Have any questions or comments? Feel free to do so via the web at JustPlaneRadio.com.